Welcome to the Prancing Horse Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm your executive producer. HG's here with me today and today we are going to do a review of the new Ferrari movie. Our goal here on the Prancing Horse Podcast is to share the history and culture of the Ferrari brand with current but also future generations to come. So buckle up. And let's talk Ferrari history. Vroom, vroom. Okay, but also no. like kind of maybe do it better. Ferrari news. Do, do it better. <laughs> Here we go. So, Jordan. The Ferrari movie. Yes, AJ. What did you think? Two out of ten. <laughs> Two out of ten. Yeah, zero hesitation there. Wow. You didn't like it. I'm not into politics or racing or emotionally invested movies, and it was all of the above. Yeah, fair enough. I gave it a solid... Nine out of ten. And we are so different. Yeah, well, that happens sometimes. You also did not like The Art of Racing in the Rain. Am I wrong? You are correct. Yeah. I did cry, though. Like, that one actually captivated me a little bit, as much as I did not love it. So. You're a poor judge of motorsports movies. You... (laughs) That's probably fair. That's, that's probably fair. But you know what? I tried. I watched the whole thing and I took great notes and I have a couple opinions about the movie. So that's what you asked for. Why would you give it a, a nine out of 10? AJ, you asked me why I gave it a two out of 10. I want to know why you gave it a nine out of 10. I thought it was actually pretty good. Pretty accurate. That was descriptive. Yeah. Good and accurate. Good and accurate. Captivating and accurate. What captivated you about this movie? Well, to be honest, they touched on a lot of points that were arguably a little bit um a little bit of a little bit unknown. Yeah, you had mentioned something about Enzo loving trains. No, I think they captured Europeans. I think they captured Europe's obsession with trains. Europe's obsession with trains. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Europe. So if you go to Italy, it's very You said his in your email. Nobody asked you. (laughs) (laughs) No, so... Trains in Europe are still very much a thing, and especially the high-speed trains are still very much today very important. And so I think they captured, um, um, I shouldn't say um, I think they captured Europe's obsession with trains very well. He was in one scene. It was a big scene. It was, it was an a lot scene. of train in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about Enzo's personality and character traits in this movie. 
I think they did a really good job of capturing his obsession with what they were doing with race cars at the time. So when you think about the fact that he is literally timing cars while sitting at mass based on gunshots from the track, and when we see Portago get off the train and try to introduce himself to Enzo, Enzo completely ignores him. Because at this point, he has drivers, he has staff, he doesn't need anybody. But then, while they were sitting there in mass, he literally times the fact that Maserati beat their lap record. And I don't actually know if this is true or not, but I certainly think it captures his personality at the time. In a nutshell. So he's obsessive and doesn't care about anything other than work. Yeah, kind of. Cool guy. One thing I think they did really well was capture Enzo's aggressive management style. So him tapping his watch, telling his test driver that he was glad that they could, that he could join them. Um, was pretty clear in stating his displeasure with that driver being late. And I think they did a great job of just capturing Enzo's personality in business there in one shot, even though somebody showing up late to, to an event is maybe... Not such a big deal. To Enzo, it was a big deal. Yeah, on your point about his management style, I think at the end of the movie when Laura decides that she's going to all of a sudden rally behind her husband who she hates, she rallies him by describing his management style as like aggressive and paranoid and vindictive and cutthroat. And she literally like rallies behind him by telling him how how basically cutthroat he is. So yeah. They did They did do a good job really capturing his management style in that way. Yeah, if my competitor was drowning, I would stick a hose right in his mouth. Right. What about the point where they were at the track there after Maserati set a new lap record and he told um, Protago he does not need another driver and then when his current driver, Castrolodi, dies just moments later, he tells him to call his office on Monday. What a dick. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Not even a dick, just ruthless. It was very intense. I feel like in that moment, if I were Enzo, I don't know what else I would do other than say that, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, no, you just, uh, um, hmm. okay, apparently I do need a new driver. Yeah. I'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah, call call the office on Monday. No big deal. I feel like in that moment, as Enzo, I have a little empathy because I also wouldn't know how to respond to the situation because it takes a moment to process things like, oh, somebody just died in front of me. That That takes a minute to process. But ultimately, like, this guy who wants a job is right here, and now his job just opened up in front of my eyeballs, so. Yeah. Do you think he offered him health health insurance? 
You and I both know the answer to that question. This is the Ferrari industry we're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This whole situation reminds me of a really interesting quote I heard a very long time ago when I was really young, which was, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. What does that mean? It means if you win a race on Sunday, the idea is that when you get back to the dealership on Monday, people are buying. You have buyers. So he should have started producing more cars. Well, he wasn't a winner yet. Oh, yeah. Because the truth is that... Because he was still an assassin at that point. (laughs) Yeah. And a widow maker. Right. Because anybody racing a car did not know what they were going up against. A man of many talents. Yeah. And the truth is that Enzo needed a partner... We actually outlined this in a previous history episode that Enzo was running out of money and needed cash. But I think that his he he could use a little love in the face of tact in the movie. He could use a little love in the face of tact in life. His poor wife. <laughs> I think when she shot the wall next to his head she probably should have just shot his knee instead like he deserved some sort of damage she didn't have to kill him i validate that in like not aiming for his head is cool but also she probably should have shot him at least in the knee like caused him some bodily harm that he would have to pay for for the rest of his life but his car didn't start don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair she should have shot him in the knee I would have. Thank you for not shooting me, I guess. One of the things I found very interesting was that while all of this was going on, there was a guy at the side of the track with a stopwatch and a clipboard who was probably timing, making notes during the lap, and... It was probably pretty accurate. Like, this was one of my many duties when I was going racing because I was not talented enough to drive. (laughs) And so my job was to man the radios and keep track of laps, timing, in-laps, out-laps, any driver notes or comments. And so based on my experience, this was probably pretty accurate. But can you imagine putting a driver in a car, strapping them in, they do their outlap, they do one flyer, and then before they finish that lap, they just like go hurtling into the grandstands and die. Yeah, when do you stop the timer? Like when they land? Um, I like when they hit when their body hits the ground or when the car hits the ground. I think it depends on how dedicated you are. <laughs> like I probably wouldn't have stopped the timer. I probably would have been much oh, yeah. more concerned with taking care of them. Right. There's no taking care of that, honey. But you try. They made sure that his body was in pieces when it landed. Yeah, but you still one of those dramatic effects that I actually kind of halfway appreciated about the movie is like they tried to make them look dead, you know? Yeah, but you're a first responder. You still try. They look a lot more 
<laughs> when they're actually dead. The CGI was pretty rough, actually. <laughs> the CGI could use some work. Yeah. No, in all reality, that's that's a very traumatic experience for anybody, and I can't actually imagine watching that happen. That would be rough. in person. You are correct. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that. Did you notice that at some point they went to the Cavalino restaurant? I did. It is not spelled the way I thought it was. What do you? What? What do you mean it wasn't spelled? the way you thought it was. It's not spelled the way it sounds. There are extra letters and H's and things in there that I didn't know existed. There's not a single H. There is. Please Google it. Watch the movie again. Your laptop is right in front of you. Please Google it. (laughs) I'm going to. Yes, please do. Because I know how to spell Cavallino. I don't want to see the front of the restaurant. I'm just going to pull up the movie again, though, honestly. Yeah, do it. I'm going to need to, and then I'll prove you right. Now is a great time to shout out our friends, Brandon and Sabrina Brown. They may or may not have the same last name as us, but they host a podcast called the Somebody Call BS Podcast, and they are killing it over there. And they keep talking about how great me and Jordan's, um, how our how our duo podcasts are, so to speak, like our interview style, conversation style podcasts are, and how organized it is. And so this one is for you because it's not very organized. We just winged it. There's an H somewhere in there. There in the is movie. not an H. We're going to watch the movie again. Yeah. We're going to scroll through right to that point, though, because honestly, he told me the whole time that that movie got better and better. I watched two hours and ten minutes. It's pretty good. It didn't get better. It was pretty good. It was the same all the way through. So what do you remember about the Cavallino restaurant? Not much. Other than there was an H in the name, and it took me by surprise. There is not an H in the name. Okay, well, still it wasn't spelled the way I thought it was. You want a little fact check here? Tell me about the about the restaurant. What it is what is it that I was <laughs> supposed to remember about it that I didn't? <laughs> Cause clearly we're getting at something here. So they met at the restaurant Cute. about <laughs> about the nineteen fifty seven Millimilia. Oh. And Them meeting there was probably pretty accurate. So the restaurant was actually built in 1950. Are you talking about Nina and Enzo? No. Who are you talking about? They met during the war. I was talking about the drivers and Enzo. Oh. At the restaurant. That makes sense. Yeah. Way more sense. They met. They had a meeting there. About okay. the 1957 Millimilia. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, the one that killed road racing in Italy. Right. Which we talked about. Yeah, it was a huge deal. On our previous history episode. It was a huge deal. <laughs> so. That I I know about. Yeah, that you know about. Because you listen to every episode, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cuss on her. Sometimes afterwards and I go, what the? <laughs> So 
Them meeting there at the Cavalina restaurant was probably pretty accurate. So the restaurant was actually built in 1950, and it was right across the street from the factory in Marinello. The one that got bombed the second time? Uh, no, that was the one in Modena. Oh, okay, so the one in Marinello. Marinello didn't get bombed yet. I mean, it kind of did. How but does it something kind of get bombed? What well, you know? It's like how you do you know, halfway bomb something? Slight rubble. What? Slight rubble. So this, so this, the slight rubble bombing happened after this movie took took place. No, before, way before. Then it didn't. You were talking about the bombing, not me. <laughs> Fix your timeline. Now I'm lost. <laughs> So if you drama, <laughs> if you could afford a wristwatch at the time, you could. I can't s- afford a wristwatch now. <laughs> you could set your wristwatch by Enzo's lunch schedule because it was said that he would be there every day at twelve thirty for lunch, and he ate there so often. That they gave him his own room. O-M-G. O-M-G. That's crazy. So. That's not crazy. That's called the tism. (laughs) He had the tism real bad and thrived on routine. You can't say that. Yes, I can. (laughs) No, Italians love their food. And their routines, apparently. No, they just, they're very focused people when it comes to food. And routine. <laughs> so when it was 1230. And watches and schedules <laughs> and gunshots. You can't have a gun in Italy. Unless you're Laura. In which case, I'm going to utilize it poorly. You know, that's a really good point. And shoot at the wall instead of... Instead of his kneecaps. That's a really good point because the the police, when I was in Italy, walked around with swords. They didn't even have guns. So how did she have a gun? Because she's crazy. In all of the right ways. <laughs> like, honestly, if anybody out of the movie like that I want to be friends with, it's Laura. She's She's my kind of people. Why does that not surprise me? Slightly unhinged, but also like has enough self-control that she didn't shoot him in the head. Do you think that Enzo's deal with Laura when he offered her half a million dollars, clearly, was real? Like he told her that if the if the deal with I think it was Ford went through that he would give her half a million dollars to do with whatever she wanted because of her stake in the company. Do you think that was real? No. Not at all. I think that was 100% for a dramatic effect. Yeah, I agree. I think that given what I know about Enzo's character and management style, he never would have given that to her, especially with how little he actually cared about her. He may have been trying to silence her. Like, there's a possibility that he did something in some such fashion to try to, like, get her to, like, not lose her bananas. But, yeah, no. So, 
this is the part where we start getting into like fact checking. And so the whole movie was pretty much set in the time frame of 1957 and deals weren't started with the Ford Motor Company until 1963 and Fiat was not involved until a couple years after that. So if the deals were true, which they were, they were not during this era. And this was likely added for dramatic effect is the note that I had written down. When did you say they started? The deal started? 1963 with Ford. Yeah, that makes sense. So. So cool. So I had a couple little nuggets that I actually did appreciate about the movie. Would you like to hear them? Oh, yeah, I'd love them. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is a review. There were good nuggets that I feel like I'm need still listening. highlighting. I'm still listening. You're okay, still pretty. Just don't want. Ooh, got her. <laughs> Glad I'm good for something. <laughs> Go ahead, honey. Tell me. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, don't get ahead of I yourself. I mean, tell the fans. Tell them what you want to tell them. Well, you're you're really pretty. <laughs> Shut up. And we cannot get past Enzo and Laura's deal for half a million bucks, which is a lot of money. We already said that we think it's false. It is negative. It, it did is, not happen. It is technically false. But also in the movie, I appreciate that she was like, "Nope, I'm cashing it," just because he told me I couldn't. That's way past this point. Just because he told me <laughs> I couldn't, tell me I can't do something. I'm telling you, I want to be her friend. Can we also appreciate, even though he's a bit, you know, crazy, that he did not leave his wife's side? He couldn't. It's illegal, remember? His hands were literally tied. That was a whole point. He did leave her. In fact, he slept at Nina's house multiple times. He tried to get as far away from her as he could without. What is her name? Nina? What is her name? Nini? Nana? What's her name? Nanette? Nina? I thought it was Nina. No. What is it? Lena Laudy. Okay, whatever. Lena Nina. Lena Nina. Nothing (laughs) even close. That is very close. Can we talk about when Enzo went home? When? To... Lena's house or to his wife's <laughs> to house? house. Okay. What what about it? And their whole interaction at dinner where they cleared the table. Uh-huh. To you release know. some tension. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about how absolutely boot shaking in the terms of Texas? Like if, if, cause we're in Texas, obviously. Uh huh. Can we just talk about how intense that interaction was? So intense. Yeah, for real. Based on my research, I feel like that interaction was probably pretty accurate. Based off 
life circumstance, I feel like that interaction was probably very appropriate. How many times have you just been like, yeah, we need to not focus on our problems. We just need to release tension often. So, so here is what I know. Laura is said to have frightened and when needed, adored many people around her, but Enzo always had her back. I think I definitely fall into the category of adored. Laura, she's amazing. Good thing it's subjective. Do you have a different opinion? Yes, absolutely. You would have fallen under the frightened of her category? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But she didn't even shoot him when she should have. So... In at least the leg. It was said that... Everybody at the factory wished that she would not come in. That, God forbid, Enzo got sick. Because if they had to deal with Lauda, it was a bad day. It was a really bad day. Then do better. What did you think about the fact that Enzo told reporters to leave his factory because he didn't like how they portrayed him in the media. Oh, I was a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that. Also probably pretty true. Yeah. I think that was, I think it's cool. Get out. Nope. You're not doing it the way I like. Get out. Nope. I don't like your questions either. Get out. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish I could apply that to life. That's good. Did you know that like shortly after that, he was a part of starting an entirely new magazine because of how the media portrayed him. I actually didn't know that until I read your notes uh, from the movie. Yeah. And then I read that you wrote that in here to say. So, no, I didn't know that. So what was the name of the magazine? Without uh, looking, look at me. <sighs> look at me. Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> don't remember speed something no no not speed even close. wasn't even the name. auto sprint auto speed it's the same thing auto sprint you sprint it's speedy <laughs> <laughs> all right so i did know that he started a magazine i just knew i didn't actually have an interest in reading the, the magazine so didn't need to know what it was called i'm pretty sure it's been under for like 20 years okay well even better All right, so up to that point where Enzo kicked people out of the factory for how they portrayed him. Give me your nuggets. Your your little nuggets, but not McDonald's nuggets because you don't have those. Did the banana happen yet? The what? The banana. What? The banana. What banana? To the orphan. No. That didn't happen yet? Not even close. Okay. okay. Um, okay. Enzo's mom. <laughs> oh. Can we talk about her for a second? She has like four lines in the entire movie and she is savage. She is an entire mood. I, yes, woman, like speak your, speak your mind. Nobody's getting in the way of what you think. Holy cow. The fact that she was like the wrong son died. Mm. <laughs> what? Can you imagine? 
Oh, what were some of her other gold ones? I I meant to write them down, but I didn't. But she, yeah, she's a she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, the whole do, the whole movie, she's like that. Do you think that she blames Enzo or resents Enzo for the fact that her favorite son died? I don't think she blames Enzo, but I think she's just like, well. What a waste of life. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe I got from her. Like this is what was left. Like that guy passed, but this guy was left is the vibe I get from her, which is just savage. Okay. So that was one of my nuggets was damn mom. Yeah. Harsh. His mom was pretty savage. Yeah. Savage was the only word that came to mind. She had all of three lines and they were all brutal. Um, also, McDreamy making an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Patrick Dempsey, for showing up. <laughs> and I'm a fan of the white hair. <laughs> this was good. <laughs> All fresh in a new role. Yeah. Yeah, used to seeing him in Scrubs. It's good. Oh, my. Did you really just make that reference? Where else is he from? Other movies like <laughs> like what I'm waiting like other movies he will always be known as McDreamy for a reason McDreamy that's boring <laughs> I liked that nugget it was a good one for you do you feel pressured into recording this episode tonight? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Well, imagine sitting in Enzo Ferrari's factory and he tells you during an entire like news press, he wants to talk to you after the news press is over. Then talk to me after the news press is over. <laughs> Not right now. Well, he did. He did that. Okay. So he told a news writer to start a rumor that Henry Ford is going to buy his company. Do you think that's true? Given his like management style and his personality up to this point, do you think that is something he would do? I don't see the political gain in it, so no. No? I don't see the political gain. Okay, fair enough. I don't see how that actually, like, puts him further along, so no. So what if he did not want Ford to buy the company? What if he was pushing Fiat, an Italian company, to buy his to buy the majority of his shares. Do you think that telling an Italian that an American was going to buy an Italian company, do you think that would push them to make a move? No, I think it's, um, I don't think it's upfront enough. And I think his style was a lot more upfront. You don't think pressuring? Not backwards like that though. Like he's doing an underhand play Based off of that, and that doesn't seem like his management style at all. Based off of everything that I've learned about him recently, 
That seems like the opposite of what he would do. No. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think. I think, no, he did not do that. So what if I told you that Henry Ford at the time, the deuce, the deuce two, the deuce, the second, huh? (laughs) What if I told you that Ford said that they didn't believe that Enzo really ever intended for Ford to buy them. Does it seem like maybe he was a bit more shady, not even shady, just like manipulative than, than you thought? Oh no, I've believed him to be manipulative the entire time. I just don't think he would do it by starting rumors. Well, the truth is we will never know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this was a a negotiation tactic. Like I think he did that to push Fiat to purchase a part of Ferrari. And did it work in his favor? We don't know. We'll never know. That's the whole point of a negotiation tactic. So who ended up buying a portion of the company? Fiat. Okay, so it sounds like maybe it did work in his favor. Yeah. You'll honestly have to speculate because we will we will probably never know. Except we do know because it did work in his favor. <laughs> we do know. Well, there you go. Whether he started or his like admin started the rumor or whether Laura started the rumor I wouldn't put it above her she'll do anything she's crazy so no such thing as a crazy woman oh yeah (laughs) moving along in the movie the way that Laura looks at Enzo and Lena's house it has me crying inside It was intense for sure. I think that, especially like when she found the car, the toy car, she was like, it almost made it seem like that was her son's toy that she found. Like, um, you know, that had been Dino's toy at some point, especially the fact that it was so worn. I wonder if like that was Dina's toy at some point and then Ooh, Enzo that's brought a hot it over. Take. That's a hot take. That's what I was thinking. I thought like maybe this was Dino's toy and he gave, ended up giving it to Piero because his son, you know, was dead. Um, so yeah, for her to find that out there and then just be like, who the heck is this? Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea if that is true or not. Like, So little is written about Laura's life, but people who have had conversations with her have said that she was that intense. So I can't honestly, I can't do anything but wonder if it's true or not. I mean, I can't imagine that there is a woman out there who would find out about, you know, some secret affair or whatever and wouldn't drive to the location of whatever clue was left. 
quite honestly. Um, so that didn't surprise me at all. That seemed like the appropriate action to take at that point. But yeah, her, her face and just like the emotion portrayed in that scene were, yeah. Talk about heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of heartbreaking. Part of me wishes that she got to meet Piero and that. She did. She ended up falling in love with him. Like that would have been. Yeah, that didn't happen. No, clearly. But that would have been, I feel like, very healing for her if her heart had been open enough for that. Yeah, that's fair. That's really fair. So, yeah, I so, so I, you wrote in here, too, like, Laura stole the toy from Lena's house? Yeah. What? And I'm like, um, pretty sure that was Dino's toy. <laughs> But you also didn't see that like the flashback was the flashback to like them as a family. Yeah. Until you looked it up. So I think that. Yeah. You you actually caught on to a lot more of the emotional side of things. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> I hate emotional movies, you guys. Because <laughs> she lives them. <laughs> Makes me feel it too much. Talk about emotional. Do you remember when Lena was very intense over Piero's last name? I do. That also hit me right in the feels. Right, right in the heart. Because I don't know how true that is. But at the time, divorce was illegal in Italy. So even if Enzo wanted to... He couldn't give Piero his last name. From a mother's perspective, I don't give a crap. <laughs> That's pretty fair. Whether too. it's illegal or what. Like, this is your son. This is my son. You know, like, from a mother's perspective, I don't think it matters what the laws are. I think that a mom's going to fight for her son and her, or her daughter's rights no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that's fair. So any good mom. So Lena would see Piero get the Ferrari last name. She would live to see that. Yippee. But Laura would not. Well, that was her wish too. That's true. 20 years. I'm just sad it took another 20 years. What about where Enzo was sitting at the Cavallino restaurant and told the drivers, if one of you get into my car, you're in it to win it, pretty much. Nobody forced you. Do you think he did that on purpose to, like, boost DiPortago or the Silver Fox's ego? With, Because he has a very, very aggressive management style. Do you think that was on purpose? I think his intention was like a good old facing the Giants pep talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a poor execution. <laughs> Fair enough. What about right after that when Laura called Enzo 
asking about Lena? Honestly, if I were him, knowing that Laura just asked for her gun back, I would have run to Lena's house. <laughs> like, <laughs> she left just enough to the imagination. <laughs> I need to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She going to die. Yeah. No. She had him a bit cornered there, didn't she? She did. Well played, woman. Well played. I'm surprised that he didn't move a little quicker and he was just like, oh, Laura found out. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all he said to his buddy. (laughs) Like, you know Lena's dying right now, right? (laughs) You know that, right? So here's a big point in one of our previous episodes and also in the movie. What was it like to see in a cinematic film the kiss of death. That's not what caused all the death. (laughs) So, you know, also, as I previously stated, dead bodies are a lot more pale. But devastating. It was devastating. Could you imagine... No. Okay. And the fact that the little family, the little family there and their little kids ran out and their kids died in that little thing, that was sad. Yeah. That was real sad. That person chopped in half though, like they would be white, not brown. And there would be a lot more blood. A lot more blood. There was not enough blood. Yeah. Which goes back to the whole CGI was a little... A lot. Lackluster. A little iffy. But overall, the entire situation that we watched was actually pretty accurate. It was just so fast. It just happened so fast. As and I things think that do that's, in motorsports. Right, yeah. And I think that that's the part in both of in both of the crash scenes, like the one in the practice laps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also at the end, I'm like. that. Well, well, that was abrupt. Now, how do we process that? You know, like that's going to take a minute to sink in for sure. Yeah. And just a reflector in the middle of the road caused. A bunch of people and honestly. A lot of kids, a lot of children to die. Yeah. Well, and the other part of that is, is at the end of the race, they're all celebrating because they don't realize what had happened yet. And that was crazy to me to realize, like, now we have our cell phones. We, Mm -hmm. you know, like everything is filmed. Every second of the race is filmed. And back then it couldn't be. And so you get to the end of the race, McDreamy wins and has no idea that so many people behind him have just died. Yeah. I mean, so four adults and five children died. No. No. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> so. This is why our kids can't go to Monster Jam. <laughs> they are going to Monster Jam. And they can go to Monster Jam. She's just being dramatic. Or the Indy 500. <laughs> They're going to that They're too. They're not going. They're going to that ever. too. 
Motorsports are dangerous. So do you think that Lauda, Lauda, really, Laura. Laura, if you're American, do you think she really cashed that $500,000 check and then handed Enzo the cash? If this was a real deal, absolutely did she cash it. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Did she hand it to him? No. Maybe. I I don't see why, but maybe because she is unhinged. So she could have done the unexpected and have given it to him, but I absolutely think she cashed it. She was like, you told me I couldn't? Well, I did anyways. Tell me I can't do something. Shoot you in the knee for real. What about at the very end where she was talking, begging, pleading with Enzo to not give Pietro the Ferrari last name while she's alive? Do you think that a a grieving mother would do that to another another child who is arguably at this point the rightful heir. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Why? Well, cuz her 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 child just died and she just made it very clear that like she blames Enzo for that and he should have been able to save Dino in her mind. And he didn't and he failed. And because of that, like their one, their one like true gem was lost. Yeah. And so for him to then like pass that along to somebody else who is not even rightfully his in her mind. Yeah, no, for sure. I can absolutely see how she would ask that of him. Do I think it's right? I don't know. But um, well, we'll, we, we will never really know if it was right. Right. Do okay. you think that Enzo really took Piero to go see Dino's grave? No. No? No. I don't either. I don't either. You know how many times Piero had to ask for that guy's autograph? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fair. You know That's- what? <laughs> You've blown this guy off 17 <laughs> times. Meanwhile, your son has begged you for his autograph. At least three times. It finally gets to the point where he's chanting in the window just to get your attention, dad, to please do the one thing that really means a lot to him. Like he's freaking hidden in a forest for God's sake. He just wants this guy's autograph. No, I don't think he took him to go see Dino. He doesn't care. I don't think. I think he's very focused on one thing and it's not his child and that's okay. But um, yeah, no. So, were there any little, like, nuggets or talking points that you had or that you were wondering about that we didn't touch on thus far? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, yeah, I knew you would be. I'm looking at a whole post-it note. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is that? A three-by-five card? It's a, it's, yeah, it's a note card. Um, Everything is crossed out except for three little sentences-ish. 
Um, my very favorite part of the entire movie is written at the very top of this card. My very favorite part of this entire movie was when there was a little boy who was on the streets, little orphan boy, and the pit stop in the big race. The what's his name is eating the banana. Mm-hmm. What's his name? You know, whatever his name is. The guy that Piero wanted the autograph for. The new fun kid. The new fun driver that Enzo didn't actually believe in. Anyways. You were clearly paying attention. I know which one he was. I just don't know what his name is. Anyways, he was eating the banana. And then he found out like, oh, you're in first and you're not a competition. She's like, oh, cool. So he hands off the banana back to the pit stop guy. And so the guy goes, turns around to these like street kids. And he's like, here, do you want his banana? And it made this little boy's entire day and gave him the rest of the banana. I thought it was so cool. That's pretty awesome. That probably made that kid's life to be like, I'm eating a race car driver's banana. Not only am I getting a meal, but I'm also getting imagine a race car driver's meal. Imagine eating that banana and then realizing the next day that we're not going to talk about that part. He died. No, stop. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, the other little things that I loved was the fact that the Maserati driver, after they got in their accident or whatever, they like drove off the little hill, boom, 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 down into the rock that then Can I get that sound effect <laughs> again. <laughs> then the Ferrari driver like stopped and was like, hop in. I got you, babe. And he rode back to the front with, the Ferrari driver <laughs> as his little passenger princess. I thought that was cute. Um, I don't know if that's real or not, but I think that's a, a wonderful play. And I think well done on the Ferrari driver for making the stop and taking a fellow racer home instead of just like making him walk. So I did a bunch of research on that and I cannot verify if that was true or not. Well, if I was the Ferrari brand, I wouldn't want to make it known that we were like also having... Or if I was the Maserati brand, I wouldn't want to make it known that we also like rode home with Ferrari. Yeah. So that's fair. You know, it was probably kept on the hush hush if it was real, but if it was real, I appreciate both those, both those players. Cause yeah. Um, the last thing that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that Piero was like 10 ish looking when the movie ended, which you said was in 1950 something. 56, 57, 54, 57, 57. Okay. And he started working at the Ferrari factory in 1967, which would mean he was like 1920 when he started working at the factory. He was 19. Laura didn't die till 1978. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. All of your thoughts here are very true. Uh, I hope she cashed in on her half a million because he definitely didn't respect her wishes about it in that regard. So I mean, I don't blame either of them though. Right. Like I want dad to be able to recognize his son, but also like you should have shot him in the knee at least. So it was not take the money, babe. (laughs) He's not going to respect you. So it was not uncommon for, Laura 
to see Piero around the Ferrari factory and call him a bastard or to cause a bunch of strife. And you are right. You are right. Piero was working around the factory when he was about 19-ish. But he would not take the Ferrari surname. He would not take the Ferrari last name until after Lada died. Right, but everyone knew, and, like, obviously Enzo was bringing him around. Right. And all the things. So, like, in every way but the fact that his last name was Ferrari, like, it's it was obvious that, like, right. he was Enzo's. And so in that regard, I'm just like, baby, take your take your 500000 and just go. Just... He's gonna do. He's gonna do. You do what you need to. <laughs> I don't know. So I was just kind of like, I'm like reading the credits. Like, what? What? Yeah, that's pretty fair. So, I think so. In my, in my industry, so switching gears, I'm a midwife, and also an executive producer. Also an executive producer of a podcast, which is super cool. My also, favorite. my wife. Which, Which is, is a full-time job in yes, and of itself. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't mentioned the kids yet, but... <laughs> yes, yeah. we did. We had... Yes, yes, we We haven't did. mentioned the fact that, like, raising my uh, raising our children is, like, a full-time job. But, yeah. like, you know, I have, like, six full-time jobs over here. Anyways, so, so being a midwife. So there's a show on Netflix called Call the Midwife. And in this show, I found so many like little fun things that it's like, it's amazing to reminisce how things were actually done back in the day. And there's a lot of truth that comes with it. Um, and I think that this movie, so I'm, so I'm obviously not a race car driver. I'm obviously also not into any portion of the, of the car industry as much as I try to be supportive. It's not something I understand. Um, but that's okay. But I think that this movie had a lot of cool little nuggets for people who do understand the car industry. And so um, if it was my industry, I think it would have been an amazing movie for me to watch. And it probably would have brought it up from a 2 out of 10 to more like an 8 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. But age, it is his industry. And so thus, it was already. What was it? What, did, what was your rating? 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay, see, so... But AJ likes emotional movies, so you got to like both those aspects in order for this one <laughs> to be it for you. The accuracy it definitely plays on the emotions, I think, for sure, too. Yeah, for sure. And the accuracy, to my knowledge, was pretty was pretty good. There were a lot of little details that I didn't understand that because so when I watched it, AJ wasn't sitting next to me the whole time. But there were a lot of things that I was like what the heck is happening right now? Like, what is this? That I'm sure he would have been able to explain to me, which is kind of cool. Like, specifically about the cars or about, like, the pit stops and things like that. Like, I think it was... It's a very detailed movie. It was. It was pretty good. Yeah. And if you are... If you're listening to this, you are probably like me, a little bit of a Ferrari nerd. You will... You will likely enjoy the movie. Agreed. Nine out of ten. <laughs> if you're not into cars. We are going to call that, from this point forward, the Prancing Horse Podcast Guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere between two 
out of nine stars Two out of ten. Two and nine is the Prancing Horse Podcast guarantee. You've got a wide range, guys. You're not going to let us down. You'll land somewhere in the middle. If you give it a 10 out of 10, I want to know about it. If you give this movie a 10 out of 10, I expect a full report review on the Prancing Horse podcast Instagram or Facebook or something of the other. Send her an email. <laughs> Jordan at prancinghorsepodcast.com. If you send me an email, I will I will make a point to come hug you in person. Oh. You know, we have listeners in like Australia. Even better. Take me on a vacation, guys. <laughs> we do I have need a vacation. We do have listeners in Australia. No, that we is do a not. thing. Yeah, I will I need to I need to update myself. Yeah. Anyways, you guys, thank you for listening to our podcast today and our review of the new Ferrari movie. That's our news. Is there anything else new happening with Ferrari or was that it? Oh, we have lots of new things. We actually do. This week has been intense. This in the was Ferrari supposed world. to be it for our news episode. No, this is a special series episode. Oh, never mind. Somebody did not read the prompt. But thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Feel free to join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't miss any of our new content. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and prancinghorsepodcast.com. And as always, Forza Ferrari. Forza Ferrari, baby. <laughs>